0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, if you've been around teachers very much, you know that they just sort of come out with these sayings at the uh, right time. It's like it's been ingrained in them and it just pops out at certain times. Like, I collected a whole bunch when I was a teacher and they just sort of rolled over me into the classroom. Uh, Like when I was rounding numbers, I'd say, five and above, give it a shove, four and below, let it go. Or spelling... I before E except after C. Or when motivating there is no I in TEAM. Very motivating by the way. But there was one saying that stuck with me that I I still think of today and it was because uh, at certain times it it took a lot of patience to um, to enjoy middle school students who by the way are um, their own unique species. So anyway I would say this when they were not buying the product I was selling, and I was just hoping to get through the day. This is what I would say. Everyone who passes through that door, the door of my classroom, everyone who passes through that door makes me happy. Uh, And I didn't really tell them the rest, but this was the rest of it. Everyone who passes through that door makes me happy. Some when they come in, and some when they go out. And uh, there's a lot more sayings uh, of teachers that just, you know, we all have. If you have any, i want to put in the comments, that would be great. Here's a saying of a, uh, of a rabbi, Jesus, you know him. This is a saying that we'll focus on today. He said, I am the door. I am the door. It's not just something that he picked up somewhere that rolled out of him without thinking. It be, was a part of him. It was a promise. Uh, it was a word for a troubled man. It's a word for troubled souls. It's a claim on your destiny, a claim on my destiny. So remember where we are in the gospel of John. Jesus tells us, here's the whole saying, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And no doubt Jesus is here talking about a sheepfold or a sheep pen and not a classroom. These sheepfolds were either out in the field or against a house and you know they were pretty much surrounded by a wall and there's only one way in and usually they would have to open the door from the inside. So the shepherds would take turns opening the door to the next shepherd and then they would call their sheep and they would scatter and follow their own shepherd. That's kind of the story that we see in John chapter 10. It's a sheepfold with only one way in and one way out. But let's back up a minute. Why is Jesus, ta- Jesus talking about sheep here? Is he a uh, an agrarian consultant? No. He's a rabbi, a, a teacher, more than a rabbi. He's He's telling a a tale that concludes a real story, a series of events. Remember this, John chapter 9 follows John chapter 10, or John chapter 9 precedes John chapter 10, and there's no break in the story. John 9 is a real series of events where Jesus healed the the man who was born blind. Remember, uh, his disciples said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents that he he was born blind? And, And Jesus said, neither, neither this man, nor his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And remember how this blind man, how he progressed, um, to use the words of, of our message today, he got closer to the door of Jesus, how initially he saw Jesus as a man, a rabbi, and then got to began to confess that he was the prophet, and then he was the Messiah. And finally, we have this amazing end of the story where This man confesses that Jesus is the Son of Man and worships him. That's how far his faith progressed and how far he went through the door of entering into Jesus and faith in him. And he confessed that Jesus was these things even though he healed him on the Sabbath. And when he did this, he was rejected by the religious leaders and thrown out of the synagogue, which... To us, doesn't sound like a big deal. It's like, meh, I'm not in the Rotary Club anymore. No, it was more than that. It was their whole, his whole life. So, that's the context. As Jesus is dealing with this man and the rejection of the leaders toward him, Jesus starts to mix metaphors. He doesn't follow the rules about stick to one image, one metaphor. He says, I am the door of the sheepfold. And then he says, I am the, the good shepherd. He just mixes it all together. Uh, he says... I'm the door, if anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and we'll go in and out and find pasture. But he says these other guys, these religious leaders, and by extension, all those who, who don't let you come to me, he says, they have no right to the sheep. They are robbers and thieves who try to climb in the sheepfold to get the sheep. And Jesus is staring these guys in the eyes when he says this. He says that the These others, they come to steal and to kill and to destroy, just like their father, the devil. These are brash words, sweet words mixed with brash, bitter words. And it should scare us in a healthy way. So get this. So just as I should not break into your house right now and and take something that you love, just as I shouldn't do that, in this world there are certain things that are right and true, and then other things that are not true, things that are false. And here's my point. There are false teachers in this world. They would lead you astray. And there's all sorts of different ones, but the ones I've been thinking of and hearing of and and even talking to, these people may have really good intentions. They may have your best interests in mind. They may be the kindest, most tolerant and patient people you'll ever met meet, which is great. But they may be leading you astray, inch by inch by inch, away from faith in Jesus. But here's the deal. Jesus makes the claim in John chapter 10 that it's through him that the true sheep, the true people of God, they're come home, they're safe, and they're led out into pasture, and they're brought back in again. This is a bold claim It's an exclusive claim. It's not tolerant. Not one bit. It doesn't leave room for any religious participation trophies. It smashes them. So if Jesus is claimed to be the door, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, the life, if these claims are true, then there are no silver or bronze medals. There's just this one gold. There's just this one winner. And here's the deal. There's either one winner or there are... No winners. Jesus either had to be right, that he is the door to the sheep, he is the good shepherd, he is the one who brings life to the world, or he was wrong, and his followers have been wrong all these years, and that he was the liar, he was the thief and the robber who have deceived people for all these years. So let me back up just a moment and slow down. The the scriptures that we're reading today that I put together in this, this service of morning prayer They have layer upon layer upon layer of images and metaphors and ideas about about shepherds. Let me start with the first one. Psalm ninety-five said, "O come, let us worship and bow down; let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture." Then we read Psalm twenty-three: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down beside beside quiet waters." He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then we see Jesus taking these images to himself, the images of the Lord is my shepherd, Yahweh. God is my shepherd. He is our God. We are the people of his pasture. He takes these images about God being the shepherd to himself and says that he is the good shepherd, that he's the one who speaks the voice. He is the voice of God. So my question is, how would you know if all these ideas about shepherds and sheep, about God and people, how do you know if they're really true when Jesus claims them for himself? Is Jesus really capable, capable of being the door into the pastures of God, like he claimed? I mean, how did it work out for him? If Jesus is the door to life, where did it lead him? What door did he walk through? You might remember, Jesus said somewhere else, that the door, the way of life, is narrow. If he is the door to life, how many people can fit through? How narrow is this door? If we listen to scripture, the whole story of scripture, we hear that the door into life is very narrow. It's 8, 10, 12 inches. That's how far open it is. Because that's the tree beam that Jesus himself hung on. A tree beam where Jesus himself bore our sins. It's only big enough for one person to hang. Only big enough for the great shepherd to hang. The one who suffered for us. But even in his death, this great shepherd... He died symbolizing how wide at the same time it is. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not, this is my favorite verse by the way, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that the world should be saved through him. Amen. The door of life that Jesus offers is at the same time so wide and so narrow So wide it's open to everyone. It's open to every sinner who is ashamed, afraid, alarmed, abused. But it's so narrow because it must be entered through him and it must be entered through his death. Why? Because we all, like sheep, have gone astray. And if we're hearing the word of God, hearing Isaiah and Peter, prophets and apostles, We hear that the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. By his wounds, we are healed. Our story, there is no other way. There is only one winner over death, and that is Jesus. And he was not left dead in the grave. We celebrate Easter. We are an Easter people. We say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. There is only one winner over death. Only the good shepherd. And here is the awesome thing. Here's the thing to take home with you. He shares his victory with us. Peter reminds us that we've been born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is awesome. This is good news. It is for you and for me. The man who was previously born blind, who progressed uh, to entering into faith in Jesus, and who was healed, he shows us how to respond. Again, the words of Psalm 95, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hands. You might not know a lot about sheep and shepherds, but I think you can apply this to yourself when Jesus says, I am the door. Whoever enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. This rolls out of Jesus' In specific times, like for the man who was thrown out of the synagogue, and specific times when we need it, we need reminded that we have life in him. It just rolls out of him because he is the good shepherd. Whoever passes through that door makes him happy. All when they come in for protection, and all when they go out to pasture. Now may the peace of God, which passes understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.